You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everybody, if you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody and today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jim Huffman, and he's the CEO of Growth Hit, a growth marketing agency, and also the author of the Growth Marketers Playbook. He's a growth mentor for Techstars Accelerator and teaches digital marketing at General Assembly. Jim led growth at two startups that went from idea to over 10 million in sales, and he's advised and taught marketing to brands that include Oreo, Hot Wheels, FedEx, Clorox, and many more. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Dennis. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for joining me today. Today, we're going to talk about, I mean, Jim's going to unpack some growth hacks and strategies that he's using with his exact clients to help them grow, whether that to be to get to their next round of financing, whether that be some customer acquisition number, profitability, revenue. He's going to unpack some of those for us. He's going to give us some strategies on how he's helping his clients grow. But before we do that, Jim, do us a huge favor and give us a give us one or two minutes on kind of how you got here, a quick backstory, and then we'll dig right in. Yeah, for sure. So I um I've been running uh, this growth agency, Growth Hit, for about two years, and before that, I was kind of employee number one at a few different startups, basically being the the non technical growth marketing person. And so from there, I really got to learn. Through trial and error, you know, how to grow startups. One did really well through search engine optimization, another through email marketing and, and paid ads. And so while I was doing that, I started just on the site teaching. And I actually uh, was teaching at General Assembly in New York. And that led to a few different people asking for marketing plans or just to help grow their companies with side projects. And from that, it really started to kind of take off where more and more of the students were becoming clients. And I decided to kind of spin off and go full time on this. And that was about two years ago. And I learned a lot of things the hard way as far as pricing and like what your scope of work should be with certain clients. But I will say the best thing I ever did as far as trying to get clients was actually just demonstrating value before anything else. And with sometimes I would even do the work for free just to show that I could do something. And then that actually set up some very good long-term relationships where the first two clients I had, I'm still working with today. But yeah, so it's been about two years running the agency now. Perfect. So give us a sense of the size of growth hits, whether that be number of employees or revenue or some metrics that you can give us so that we can get a sense of how big you are today and how quick you're growing. Yeah, for sure. We've got three full-time employees and then three different contractors. Two are specialists and one is more kind of entry-level, helping with administrative tasks. We're doing over 50000 a month in sales and revenue. And yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. Perfect. All right. So you just started a couple of years ago. You're doing over 50000 a month. You're adding new employees. You're adding new clients. 
So that brings me to the next question. What's the number one strategy that you're using today to get new clients for your business? If you had to pick the one, if you could have had to double down on one and you could only use one, what would that one strategy be for getting new clients? Oh man. Yeah. If I had to choose one, I'm going to try and cheat and give a um, honorable mention. But um, the one I would choose is absolutely content marketing and just adding value. And this can be in the form of things that don't scale. Like for us, it is doing workshops and teaching a lot of times through various partners that has a channel built in already. But secondary to that, I think as a marketing agency, if you're not actually testing your own tactics that you're selling on yourself, you're, it can be a little hypocritical, right? So with us, we actually found that you know SEO-driven content where we're really targeting the kind of middle manager, upper manager marketer that is the kind of do-it-yourselfer with content, the person who's searching for phrases like how to resize Facebook ads or what Shopify apps to use. We're making a lot of guides and content that cater towards that demographic And we've actually closed three clients this year just from going after them with content. It is a longer funnel, but it is something that that is starting to work. And we're kind of at our capacity right now with clients, but it's something that whenever we're about to scale, we're going to go all in on that over teaching just because it's a little bit more scalable. So the first one was teaching using content in workshops or... Yeah, workshops. Basically, these are offline workshops. Are these more webinars or what do they look like? A little bit of both. About 80% of them are offline. So doing it through, um, if you can partner with WeWork or with General Assembly or through associations like the ANA, those are great channels. So are those things you, you'll travel, Put they'll put it together, you'll just come in and teach and then you obviously develop rapport and relationship. These are small groups, probably what, typically 50 to 100 or less? Exactly. And I think the more intimate, the better. It's, you know, like 20 to 50. I've even taught classes where it's three people. So you, you never know what you're going to get and who, who you're going to meet. So you meet them at that event and you share your expertise, you teach them, and they're going to obviously form an opinion of you. You're going to develop a little bit of relationship. You're going to tease them a little bit of content. What's the next step? How do you convert them from an event where you just met them And how do you nurture them to eventually become a client? Is it the old school way where you're just, you know, a lot of elbow grease, you're following up with them by a phone and scheduling follow-up appointments, or is there something else to it? Yeah, I'm a horrible salesperson. So I don't know if this is the best way to do it, but what I like to do is in those workshops, I try and just add a lot of value. And then at the very end, I give a resource. So right now we'll even just give our book for free to everybody in attendance. And then with the book, you can actually download all of the templates we use for our agency. And that's usually a strong enough incentive to get people to sign up to our email list and then getting into that drip campaign. And so we send, we have a drip campaign and then we have a weekly newsletter where it's literally just adding value. It's our finger on the pulse and we're sharing it with everybody, like our finger on the pulse of the marketing landscape, what's happening, what's trending. And it's amazing how many times I'll get a random email after sending those newsletters out being like, hey, we'd love to talk. I think we're ready to hire a growth agency. Hey, we want to understand, can you guys do this? What is your scope of work? And for us, that has been the best way. It's a little bit of a soft sale. Um, And we're at the point where we're not trying to scale a whole bunch so it's working. But if we were looking to scale, I might be a little bit more aggressive with that outreach strategy and even have a salesperson do more follow-up. So right now, it's, it's more of a soft sell. 
Gotcha. And the second strategy you talked about was more content marketing, but was it, was it using more paid ads or was it using more organic SEO? Yeah. So it's organic SEO. So going, so we'll do keyword mapping. And I, if anyone's interested in understanding what keyword mapping is, I would go to clickminded.com. The person that ran SEO for Airbnb and PayPal has an amazing workshop on how to do keyword mapping. So basically understanding what are those long tail keyword phrases that various people are searching for that you want to own that shows very high intent, they would be a potential customer user. So for us, we're going after the phrases, a marketing plan, how to resize a Facebook ad, various things like that to get people to come to our site that we know are in that thought process of growing and scaling a company and they might be needing some help. So we'll do some very, very long form authoritative pieces of content around that. And then we absolutely amplify that with ad spend on Facebook and Instagram and a a little bit with Google ads and a little bit with content syndication, but about 80% of our budget is going to the social channels. Perfect. Okay, great. So knowing what you know now, I mean, it's been two years since you started growth hit, right? You started in, yeah, two years ago, right? Knowing what you know now, what would you do different when it comes to growth it to get further faster? If you could go back and do it different, what would you do different if there was one or two things? Oh my gosh, it's so many things. I, I would learn the word no a lot earlier on because I think a lot of people, when you're just starting out, you have this fear in the back of your head like, oh, this could fail at any second. Everyone could fire me, or maybe that's just me and my own insecurities. But I really wish I would have been even more selective with types of clients I would take on and really be okay with like saying, hey, no, we don't specialize in that. We just do this really well because we've gotten to that point now because it's a really good feeling when before you even take a project on, you know very well that you can knock it out of the park. And when you do that, whenever to to kind of delight customers, delight clients, you know you're going to have them for the long haul. So basically, you know, really trying to understand what is that niche or your secret sauce, your specialty, and just focus on that rather than trying to spread yourself too thin and do too many different things. And then second to that, it's never too early to start thinking through building out processes and systems on you as an agency owner or as an executive or as a top level manager. Where's your time really going and what's having the biggest impact? Like when I'm up till midnight or 1 a.m. recropping image sizes, I don't know if that's the best use of time for someone that's the founder of a company. So really being aware of where you're putting your time and if that's going to move the company forward or not. So I've, I've tried to fire myself from a lot of tasks that won't truly help the, the company for the long haul. Perfect. No, that's great. I think that's great sound advice. So now, based upon your expertise here in working with all these VC-backed startups and funded companies, can you share with us some of the top growth hacks and strategies that you're using to help them grow and hit their milestones? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I've been working with Techstars Accelerator, and they're so impressive at bringing together some of the, the top startups that are just raising a round of funding, have a really interesting product or service but they really don't know how to grow. And so one thing that I like to do is first, like, are you even ready for growth? So, cause it's so easy to be like, all right, let's do this. Facebook ads, SEO, we got this, but that same playbook doesn't work for every single company. So I like to do an exercise where, and this is actually in the book where like, do you truly understand your value proposition? 
and what customers care about with that value proposition. So what language are they using when they talk about why they love your product or service? So we have this kind of elevator pitch framework where you actually have to map out, okay, how do do they use this? Why do they love it? And how is it different from the alternative to this? And just by making yourself go through this exercise, you have to hone in on that one special thing that makes your company, your product, your service that much better. So once you understand that language, that's so key because that's going to be the marketing copy that we use on ads, on email, on landing pages, on everything. So you have to make sure you know that from the start and it's easy for people to understand. So once we have that done, I'll approach this from two different ways or a couple different ways. You understand your value proposition. How do we grow if we are fortunate enough to have a big ad budget? So I'm thinking about a B2C company, business to consumer. And so, for example, we have a, a company, there's a company called Beyond. They do caffeinated chocolate gym, so a caffeinated chocolate. And the price point's very approachable, $20 to $50 for various package sizes. This is something you can absolutely sell online. So we're going aggressive with social campaigns. We're doing a three-tiered ad funnel. And then what that means is the top of the funnel, the first tier, is we're just trying to find anyone who we think would be interested in this product. This could be people that like coffee, that like energy drinks, that like chocolate. And we're trying to sell them on the aspiration, how they'll feel after they use this product, just to get them interested. So once they've shown some sign of intent for that, that could be a click, a full video view, whatever that is, then we're going to retarget them and get them in that buyer's mindset. Because a lot of times people just want to be told what to buy, what's cool, everyone's busy, tell me what I need to know. So we'll push them towards a starter pack, a very approachable price point and give them some incentives to buy, whether that's free shipping or a discount. And then that third and bottom tier is really just all the um, abandonment, retargeting dynamic ads to where if they added something to cart and then abandoned, we're trying to nudge them again to do that conversion. So if I'm going B to C and I know I've proven I can sell it online, I'm absolutely going to try and scale that with a page strategy like that. But let's go on the flip side. So let's say... Maybe you're, you're selling something online, but it's a longer close cycle. It's a longer funnel. There's some other things that you can do. I, I mentioned what we're doing with content strategy. But the, the thing that I'm probably the most excited about with companies is what we call being scrappy and doing this bottoms up target list marketing. So one example of that is we have a brand. They sell uh, glass vodka. It's vodka made from Washington wine grapes. Very premium, amazing product. But how do you get that in front of people? How do you tell people like, hey, here's this amazing vodka. Now go to the bar and order it. Now go to the liquor store and order it. It's hard to you know, track that conversion and it's hard to like see if that's working. So what we've done is we've actually built this target list of anyone who we think would be interested in this product. So various meetup groups, Reddit groups, Eventbrite organizations in and around social life, you know, young workers, young entrepreneurs that are doing these happy hour meetups. And we're actually creating a target list of over half a million people. And then we're trying to find interesting and creative ways to get in front of them. And that could be the founder actually going to these events and talking or actually doing samples or tastings or giving free products, or it could be doing giveaways and promotions with them. But the thing that's nice about creating this target customer list is 
you start to really understand who these potential customers are and where they live online. So one, it gives you confidence that like, hey, this is very doable. Like here they are. These are actual real people. And then second, it makes it a lot easier to come up with creative and interesting ideas on how you can market to them when you have a very clear picture of who these people are. So that's another one we like to do. And so we've been able to target those people, make it very easy to get in front of them, either offline events or with ads. And then we're actually measuring an overall depletion rate in these various places that we're selling to see by location, by zip code, if the ads were running, the people targeting those zip codes are helping with the overall lift and depletion, which is basically pour through for the product. No, those are two great strategies. That's interesting. So yeah, I know that in your your bottom up list method, that scrappy method, is that, I mean, is your, do you use that more on an organic basis or are you using that with paid ads? Yeah, we like to use it almost in where they're at in the phase. And a lot of times it's very, very early on when they're still trying to uncover who their early adopters are, who those ideal customers are. And with some of those organizations or some of those groups, you can absolutely get in front of them with paid channels. Sometimes you're unable to do that and you have to do a little bit more hand-to-hand combat where it's reaching out to them and doing more of an email outreach approach. So it'd be like a cold email approach, right? And then you might get on a phone call and just move it through the cycle from there. Exactly right. Gotcha. Okay, great. All right, perfect. So right now, I'm just one more question about kind of growth hacks, right? Those are two great examples. In the B2B space, which is where a lot of my a lot of my audience is, what platform do you see using, whether it be social or yeah, prominently social, I would assume, what would be the platform that you would think you would have that you would your go-to platform for B2B and what would the strategy look like if it was more organic? Yeah. So B2B, as far as platforms I like, I mean, I definitely like, I mean, Facebook and Instagram ads, if you can prove that it works, because a lot of times you can get their attention and get them to go over, but are they in that mindset to where they will convert right there or go through the full funnel? So we're actually doing that on the B2B side. But what I really like from an organic perspective is having a very thoughtful content distribution strategy. And so what I mean by that is you're anchoring everything with adding value and creating content because there's so much noise in there. So many various organizations are being sold to to for every different type of analytics tool or widget or whatever that thing is. So anchoring it with content, but finding the exact right channels to push that content on. So for example, even with their own agency, you know, social is fine, but we actually see a much higher quality of visitor when they're coming from a channel like Product Hunt, Hacker News, LinkedIn, or Quora. But that first touch point is with content. So I would say if you can position, whether it's your founder, your CEO as a thought leader with this content, and then pushing it out on those channels where they're seeking out questions, or they're in that kind of business mindset, we've seen a lot more success with it. But for us, it is a little bit harder to just press that kind of green grow button and do that. Because obviously with paid ads, it's easy to kind of create the ads and throw money at it and scale it. Whenever you're doing content and being trying to be smart and strategic about distributing it, it's more about creating that system and process to make that happen. Perfect. No, that's great. All right, listen, on the next two questions, let's try to do rapid fire if we can. 
you know, what's your favorite growth tool or software? I'm sure as a, as a growth agency, you guys have a tendency to have a lot of tools, but if you had to pick one, what would it be? Oh, absolutely. It would be heap for sure. I think you're only as good as the data you measure. And, you know, Google Analytics is, is great. It gives you some of the basic stuff that you need. But for really getting those insights, Heap allows you to kind of take it to the next level. So, for example, we're able to, you know, see like, OK, with the various B2C platform, the question for us is when are people going to make the second purchase? When will they reactivate and what are the levers that allow them to do that? And with a tool like Heap, we can see these leading indicators and we've uncovered that, hey, when people use the wish list function on our site, they actually repeat purchase at four weeks as opposed to eight weeks. Then it's like, okay, how do we come up with marketing campaigns to target people towards the wish list? So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Heap. Perfect. And what would be one book that you would recommend to my audience? I just read The Effective Executive because I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to use my time in the most efficient way possible. And it, it's been very eye-opening. I was kind of dog-earing every single page, but it's um, it's an old one, but it's, it's new to me. So it's been really helpful. Perfect. I'll definitely make sure we add those to the show notes. And listen, before you go, let everybody know how they can learn more about, you know, growth hits, connect with you, or growth hit, I should say, connect with you, and then maybe even get your book. Yeah, absolutely. So our agency website is growthhit.com. And then the book is growthmarketersplaybook.com. And if you use the promo code growth experts, you can get 30% off. But yeah, you can hit me up there. There's a contact form. And then I'm on Twitter as Jim W. Huffman. Perfect. Hey, listen, that's awesome. I'll make sure I include all that in the show notes. I want to thank you for being here today. Congratulations on all your success. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Great. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Jim. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.